Hello, Creative Questers. Welcome. I'm Christina. And I'm Stefka. And today we're going to talk about how and why to submit your writing to literary magazines. And how much of a pain it can be. <laughs> yeah, well, all those great rewards, how we'll get rich. Uh, no, never mind. That is the goal, to get rich. I'm nope. not sure we're in the right profession for that, Christina. Good that point. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I went back for this episode. I went back and checked because, as you know, uh, this year was kind of one of my main goals for writing this year was to start submitting pieces because I love my fan fiction and I'm big into crafting my elaborate stories with like 50,000 words upwards. And I can Ooh. write those easy, but they're fan fiction. I realized recently part of the appeal is that I do not edit them a lot and I do not fret them about them a lot because mm. fan fiction as a genre feels more like just the act of getting an idea or something onto paper. Like if you disagree with the canon or just want more or dis or as always, your favorite TV show ended way too early and now you need to expand <laughs> on it or otherwise just fret for the rest of eternity. <laughs> So my main goal, being a fan fiction writer and wanting to get back into writing or get into writing more original fiction at all, uh, was to start submitting for a lot of submission calls and just finish stories and also kind of start figuring out the whole world of literary journals and where to submit even. Mm -hmm. And I went back, which was the original point I was trying to make the sentence I started about five minutes ago um, and counted the submissions that I made this year, which were 12, which doesn't feel like an awful lot. Um and also in part, that is because I started really strong in January with like mm. five submissions and then it dropped off slightly. And I might not have submitted anything since May 13th. Relatable. But let me stop you for a moment because. Okay. How many did you do last year? None. Okay. So this is already great in that regard. Yes. And as we talked in our episode about how to finish things. Mm. This has been a huge tool for you. And I've been so impressed with your Thank journey you. because I know we both struggle with finishing things. And I just cannot believe how quickly you decided, okay, I'm going to do this. And you did. And, and one after the other, you were going and you were finding these submissions and you were making them and you were getting your work out there. You're finishing things, which I think is one of the big Points, one of the big reasons why you should try to do submissions because it really gives you this goal. It gives you a deadline. I mean, it looks like it worked for you. The pressure of knowing I had to submit it until a certain date really helped with just finishing things and just getting into gear with a lot of these ideas. Because as we've talked about, ideas are never the problem for either of us. It's <laughs> right. like a million plot bunnies that are like, write me, write me. And you're like, my day has 24 hours and I need to sleep, shower oh, and eat. When yeah. am I supposed to do this? <laughs> we've also talked about how having constraints helps with finishing things. And that's another thing with submissions many of them, the ones you were working on particularly, they had very defined subject matter, right? Yes. Slight other side quest. I promise I'll be back on topic in a minute or two. Uh-oh. Are we going to talk about King Arthur? No, no, no. 
Harry Potter. Wait. No. Can we? Can no. <laughs> Bad. Okay. <laughs> so it made me realize that um, finding submission calls that are interesting to me also made me realize like what kind of stories I like to write. Like mm-hmm. the things that appealed to me also told me a lot about the genres that might be interesting to me. And also sometimes surprisingly, things that I didn't consider or like that I wouldn't have considered writing about at all. There were like some submission calls that I just really adored. Like one specifically, one that you showed me was about video games. And I'm really mm-hmm. into video games, but I never considered that that could be a subject for a piece that I could write. A completely different, weird outside reason maybe to start submitting is so you can just sharpen your own focus and figure out by writing and just looking at submission calls as well and see what interests me, what's what's cool to me, what sounds like it could be up my alley. And that piece you're talking about, that particular piece also was your first memoir piece. It was, right. True. And I loved it. And again, I was like, wow, this is her first time writing memoir. And it was so beautiful, lyrical. Ah, stop it. And the vulnerability. And it allowed you, I think, to explore a different genre you'd never thought about and kind of tap into a different sort of writing and express yourself in a different way. Absolutely. And like, even if you write and realize, well, you're writing, okay, this doesn't work for me or this genre is not interesting to me. That's also something you can learn by trying and attempting. And quickly, just my quick side quest. I wrote this one piece about King Arthur. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That just wouldn't work out the way I wanted it to work. Like when I pitched it to you, it sounded way Mm. different than the way it was on paper. It was a nice story. It was like, it did a lot of things that I wanted to do, but it wouldn't work. And now a few days ago, I had an idea how to fix it. So even this process of finish, almost finishing something and then picking it back up later and kind of having these stories, also creating a whole library, so to say, of your own work yeah which is great of course for resubmitting but also great when people ask you so what what kind of stuff do you do what do you write you can finally share like some things those are like the softer Mm -hmm. reasons behind like not hard fact reasons but like soft fact reasons for submitting and for getting into the whole submission game yeah and i think that touches on two of the big reasons that you just Mm -hmm. talked about that i also experienced one you said that you got this library of pieces that you can say, oh, this is the kind of things that you write. So like, for instance, when my family, when my mom, who cares about me a lot and is a big supporter, love my mom, and she'll ask like, oh, how far along are you on your book? You know, oh, what percentage are you done? Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) I know that the question comes from a good place. It's a horrible, horrible question. (laughs) When you're working on a book, Mm. it's so much more of a process than I ever imagined it would be. There's so much that goes into it and it takes, particularly it takes me a really, really long time to, to get it out there. And it's not something that I can just hand over and say, yeah, you can go ahead and read it. It's not done yet. There are pieces that are, that are done, but it doesn't work on the whole. So when you've got these little pieces, you can say, oh, look, mom, here's something I wrote. And then... If you can get that published, oh, then you can tell everyone, oh yeah, you can go to, you know, theabstractelephant.com or you can get her story and you can read my work here. You can put that in your author bio and it helps 
break down that imposter syndrome that so many of us feel because then it's like, oh, yes, I am a writer. Look, I've got stuff out there. And even if you haven't gotten published yet, at least you've got these finished pieces. Mm, yeah. Often we'll just get back a very standardized email that's like, we're sorry, it's not for our system. But sometimes you get like a sentence or two that don't feel like they're copy paste. Mm -hmm. And just that alone, even if they, they tell you, oh, we really like the momentum you had going, there was just something else not quite for us. Mm -hmm. I find that even that little thing like, the, oh, the momentum was great. Or even if they tell you your dialogue wasn't quite on point or something, choose just like one line that alone can be a lot. And it can also just motivate you to keep going. Because if you do get like a friendly or even neutral response back, it means that you're not completely off base. Like mm -hmm. you're in the right direction. You just weren't right. Or your story better said, not you, but your story wasn't right this time. Right. It's so rewarding for the few pieces that I have published, knowing that I've gotten it out there in the world. But then on the literary magazines themselves, on the platforms online, they allow comments. And I see strangers saying how relatable this is, how it's inspired them, how they yeah. like the style. And it's like, you know, your mom has to tell you that it's great. <laughs> But these strangers have no reason to. And so that's also another way that it helps fight that imposter syndrome. And it's just, it helps you, it helps them. Ideally, you know, it's a good experience for everyone. Yeah. Those are the reasons behind like getting mm -hmm. into the whole publishing thing and starting to publish things or considering submitting stuff. We've both experienced quite a few rejections. And that is something, especially when you're getting started, that can be kind of crushing. It is a fact. It will happen. Yes. But once you realize, like I subscribe to Duotrope, which we'll talk more about what that is in a little bit. But one of the things that it that I really like about it is that it shows you what the percentage acceptance rate is mm -hmm. at the literary journal that you're submitting to. And I can look at it and I can see, oh, only 1% of the submissions are actually accepted here and go, okay, well, I'm not in that top 1%. I'm okay with that. I don't Tough think luck, that yeah. I am the best writer in the world. Sometimes I am proud of things I write. I'm not going to think that I'm better than everyone else, that I deserve to have my things out. That I don't feel entitled. Oh, how dare they? You know, but you know, two things about this. I feel like you should be your own biggest fan. Like you should be in your own corner mm. and believe in yourself and in your pieces. Yeah, easier said than done. Mm -hmm. yeah, true that. Absolutely true that. Depends on the day. <laughs> yeah, it really does depend on the day. But I just feel like in an ideal world, we would all yeah. champion ourselves and our own pieces a little more because I feel like it's okay to say, well, I believed in this piece and I enjoy this piece. And sometimes that's why rejection can be so hard, especially with the memoiric pieces or stuff like that. Mm. Because you like pour your heart out. I feel like, essays in that have a memoir quality to them you always think okay I've had this one experience and it can kind of shape this into almost a moral story or I have like one main thing that I want to say with this piece and this is an important message to me and my life this is something I have learned a life lesson that's important to me and then getting told well not this time can be painful. It's not just a rejection to yeah. the piece. It's also a rejection to you. It feels like that, but mm -hmm. really it isn't. And also it really isn't even about being good or bad or your piece being a good read. 
taste is so subjective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is um, a set of people, sometimes two people, there's sometimes even like 10 different people reading these pieces and screening them for possible winners. And two people will read your piece. And maybe mm-hmm. if it, if like by chance, two other people out of this group would have read your piece, you would have been chosen. Just because taste is so, so different from person to person. And sometimes it's just that they have a story that kind of has the same theme already yep. they've accepted and it might just be you submit it uh, a week later than that person and that's the only reason you're not sure if you had submitted a week earlier you might have been chosen also it's just timing yeah which is part of what you're saying but also i can't remember where i read this but i read something mm-hmm. about some statistics were run and there were more acceptances mm-hmm. after lunch than before lunch yes and more on fridays than on mondays because yeah your moods you know you have to be sometimes you can read something and it can be like wow this is amazing and sometimes you could read that you might read that same thing at a different time in your life and be like why did i like this so much or vice versa true so now that we've talked about what to do when you get rejected maybe we want to take a step back and talk about dual trope but i feel like christina you have to tell us about dual trope and submittable and these things because you're the expert. Well, I'm not an expert. I've learned a whole lot from uh, my friend Thea Puchel. You can follow her at on Twitter at P-U-E-S-C-H-E-L-T-H-E-A, Puchel Thea. And if you are like me and there's no chance you re- remember that if someone says that out loud, yeah. it's going to be in the show notes, don't yes. fret. Yes, but she taught me so much about the submission process. She has had a lot of things published. I'm deeply indebted to her for for my knowledge here. So back to Duotrope that we both have mentioned here. Duotrope is one of the places where you can look, if you're looking to see where can I find an opportunity? How do I get my work out there? I mostly use Submittable, although it looks kind of weird when you log in. It looks like it's not really for writing because they have a dual side of their business, but don't be afraid. Just go ahead, create a free account. And you can go and search for, like I write memoir and personal essays. So I can just do a search, discover opportunities. And it has all these different filters you can put on. Duotrope is the same. The grinder, not to be confused with <laughs> a dating site. <laughs> not the same thing. Not the same. That's really good for fiction. And if you sign up for freedomwithwriting.com, they have a mailing list that I know you and I have both used a lot. They kind of pull together a lot of the opportunities that are out there, particularly themed opportunities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I haven't used these others, but newpages.com and the review.net. Again, these will be listed in the show notes. But these are all different ways you can find places to submit. And Submittable, Duotrope, and The Grinder all have filters that you can place. So you can say, I'm writing writing something about monsters. <laughs> is there anything out yes. there? You know, are they looking for anything like that? And it will take you to a page that the literary magazine has put together to tell you all of the requirements. Oftentimes when you look at submission calls, you find magazines that you might have not known about before. Mm-hmm. And you can either sometimes even read some of the stories online or mm-hmm. some 
some magazines are online only. And then you can also kind of see what kind of stuff gets published, what kind of stories yes. they're looking for. So also kind of see if it's a if it's a good fit for you and your just the kind of stories you like to write and you want to write. Also see what kind of things get published and what kind of stories uh, seem to be popular right now, because that also feels like it's just changes with the time. I feel like nobody wanted to read anything about pandemics in the last few years, and we still might not be quite over mm -hmm. that. But those, I feel like, were fairly popular like a decade ago, maybe. Yeah. So by going out there and looking for opportunities, you're not only finding places where you might be able to submit your work, but you're finding, you're finding good stories. You're finding yes. inspiration. And you're finding like different pieces that move you. You're looking at ways you can improve your craft. Some people go to the uh, submission process, submit everywhere, just do the shotgun effect and just uh, something mm -hmm. will stick, right? That is one way. Honestly, Joe, that, yeah, that is a fair approach. Like if that's what you want to do, if you have the time to write that many stories and submit them, I commend you. Or take the same story and submit it to everywhere. You know, some people do that. Everybody has their own way. I personally like to find places that have a similar vibe to what I write. Yeah, same. And so that's part of the motivation of going and reading beyond being inspired and seeing what else is getting published. Yes. One other reason why you might want to try to find a place of a similar vibe, at mm -hmm. least for memoir and personal essays, almost all of them require you to pay something mm -hmm. in order to submit, which can be, I remember being a little shocked by that at the beginning, like, what? I have to pay just for you to have the privilege of rejecting me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of that can be, can be hard. I feel like it might help having that barrier for two reasons. Number one, you will consider more carefully what you're actually submitting. And number two, less people are actually going to submit. So in a way, this barrier also, if you have a good piece and if you put in the time, it heightens your chances mm -hmm. in a way, because I'm fairly certain that more people submit if it's completely free to submit. Yeah. Not that I have any numbers to prove that. Yeah. I don't either, but it, it makes sense. And not every place does require it. You can even uh, on all of these, you know, duotrope, submittable, uh, the grinder, you can filter to say, only show me things that do not require fees. Mm -hmm. But on average, I expect to pay either nothing or I'm paying three or $4. Unless okay. it's like a contest, a contest is often a lot higher to enter. Okay. One thing that's important to realize is that many literary magazine employees do not get paid or they get paid very little. So I kind of think about it as a donation. Instead of thinking I'm paying to get rejected, I'm paying them to show that I appreciate the pieces that they have in the journal, that I appreciate the effort that they have put into putting this journal together. Absolutely. And if you want to um, have good chances, there are a few things that apply everywhere. It just doesn't matter where you submit. Please, please, please read the guidelines. Yes. If they tell you they want a certain format, they want a, a certain word count, a certain font, a certain spacing, and you do not do it, this is the easiest rejection of their lives. Mm -hmm. And if they get a lot of submissions and... This might not be true for every place, but if they get 200 submissions and they can only take five, the first thing they're going to do is just 
check out every piece that is not formatted correctly. So if you can't follow the instructions, you might as well not submit. And a lot of submission halls also have um, a little list of uh, genres they're not looking for or things to that they have enough of or they, they just won't accept. Just take note and avoid those things. Yes, yes. And one other thing that many of them require is that the piece has not been previously published, yes. which brings us to first rights, which uh, not a big fan of. I kind of understand somewhat. This could be a whole nother conversation. The, the, this is a whole episode just talking <laughs> about rights, but we're, we're going to manage. High level. What that means is like the first rights, most literary magazines want to be the first publisher. They want to be able to say, I published Stefka Spiegel's first piece mm. on Harry Potter. I don't know. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. The Lady of the Lake. Are there fan fiction know. magazines? Are there, is there anyone looking for fan fiction? I don't know. Are there? Probably. It feels like a really bad, like talking about rights, fan fiction just feel like an entirely gray area. Yeah. And as soon as you get paid for any of that, I think there's going to be um, some lawyers knocking yeah. at your door and I cannot pay those. So let's not go. Ahead. Yeah. And that could be part of that. But basically almost all, at least on the memoir nonfiction side, mm-hmm. they want to be the first place that has published this piece. Yes. And what counts as published? If it has ever been posted in another literary magazine, if it's ever appeared in an anthology, if it's ever been on a public blog, this is starting to change a little bit. They're starting to get a little more accepting because that feels so restrictive. Yeah. I'd like to be able to share my work with my friends and family, but I I don't, yeah. I don't post anything and I actually don't work on my blog very much anymore because I want to spend all of my time writing things that might actually be published in a place where I might get money for it, a place where I might yeah. get respect, recognition. Absolutely. And this is also part of the reason that with the 100 Word project that we're doing, that we have a password protected site. Yes. Because that kind of makes it clear as soon as it's behind a password protection, you're usually safe. We also have like collected those stories throughout the last year and published a, a little book. Some of the pieces, like some of the writers have submitted their stories in other places, yeah. which we, for the purpose of our project, allow and it's fine. And because this is more like a writer's community sharing their love for creating little stories. But as soon as you get especially into like the better paying magazines, they're going to be a bit stricter Mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. Some places do accept reprints and they will say so. Yes. Duly noted. Let's move on from that. I don't want to talk about first rights anymore. Yeah. Let's talk about the two other pieces you usually ask to include in a submission. The first one we've already done a whole episode about, which is author bias. Mm -hmm. That was probably episode two or something. So you can go back and check that out. Just in general, it should have a catchy hook. It's usually written in the third person and it's usually very brief, but should still kind of give us an impression about you and your achievement. And yeah, just be short and fun. And tell us a bit about you. Moving on to cover letters. Not all places require this, but many do. Mm-hmm. On Submittable, there's a form where you can just type in your cover letter. You don't have to do a Word document separate. The cover letter is just something really brief. Don't think about this as being this big intimidating thing. It seemed intimidating when I first started. I just let it be a barrier. Thea actually helped me realize that They're not looking for a whole lot. Sometimes it will say, tell us the reason why you wrote this piece. But usually they just want how many words it is. They want who you are. You might say, I'm an emerging 
author. Or if you've submitted things to them in the past and they said, please submit again, that would be a good thing to mention. Just to say, you reviewed this piece, you know, with the other title name. Yeah. And, yeah. and told me it wasn't a fit at the time, but to keep submitting. So thank you so much for that feedback. Here's another yeah. piece. Just to kind of let them know you're a person. Yeah. And have the ability to string sentences together. Yes. Sometimes they want the bio right there in the cover letter. Sometimes it's a separate mm-hmm. place. But almost always they're going to want the title of your piece and the word count. Just to make sure that that shows you read the directions. And we'll give them a little high yes. level do I want to read this or not? And you just close with your full name and contact info. Make sure that you update it for each journal. So you might try to say, dear Forged Literary Magazine, I so enjoyed reading X. You know, if you can like make it a little personal to show that you have read something from their site, that's very helpful, I think. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. But just make sure if you do include the journal name or include the name of the editor, which you can usually find in the masthead, make sure you update that for each piece. Don't just copy and paste from the last one. (laughs) So it is entirely fair to just have a brief, simple cover letter and copy paste that and just change a few little things. For me personally, the 12 um, submissions that I've sent in, not all of them have requested a cover letter. Mm -hmm. And for those who did, I usually referred back to the topic. So I matched the word count that you wanted. I enjoyed writing this. Sometimes even gave a little sentence, uh, specifically the one of monsters, even gave a little sentence that monsters are one of my favorite topics. Just be a person be nice and even just copy pasting that and just changing a half sentence every Mm -hmm. time is totally fair definitely that works don't let that intimidate you no so another thing that a lot of literary magazines will say um, it used to be frowned upon to do simultaneous submissions now almost all of them say that it's fine what that means is i could take the same piece and i often do take the same piece and submit it to all the places that i would love to be published at I might start with the place that is my first choice. If it was something that was written to a theme, obviously I would want to submit it to that place. And I might wait if it was something that I felt like was a really good fit. Or there was a piece, her story has themes every month. And there was one called Thanks, I Guess. Mm. And I just loved that prompt. Mm -hmm. And I came up with a good idea from it. And even had an event with my memoir mentors that was a really successful, fun event. And the piece that I took from that I actually submitted to a different literary magazine with an earlier due date and it was accepted. And so I wrote to her story. Thank you so much for inspiring me with this prompt. I very much enjoy your magazine, but I'm going to withdraw this piece because it's been accepted at another literary magazine. And they were very gracious and very thankful that I recognized them for their inspiration. So it's fine to submit to multiple places. It's fine if you don't. You definitely improve your odds if you submit to multiple places. Absolutely. Some places say that you shouldn't. I do anyway. (laughs) Especially with knowing just how small acceptance rates are and how much work it can be. Still, if you had a great idea and you're just fond of the piece, you might want to resubmit it because you just want to find it at home. So it might not even matter to you that it's this specific journal of this or that Mm -hmm. or that magazine or whatever. You fall in love with your little darlings and you're not supposed to have them. But honestly, I feel like that's part of being a writer. Just like enjoying the process and loving the result. And that is totally fair. So I say, if you have a piece that you're totally in love with, Submit it double, submit it three times, four times, find it at home. Definitely. 
just remember to tell the other places if it has been accepted in both. Yes. And, and withdraw it immediately so that mm-hmm. you don't waste their time. Yes. And that goes back to what you were saying a moment ago. Just because one person rejects something that you love doesn't mean that it's a bad piece. It just means it wasn't the right fit at that time or that place. Mm-hmm. And so go ahead and submit that to other places. Just because it gets rejected once, just because it gets rejected five times. I have one piece. I have one piece that was published and it was rejected by four other places before it was accepted. Yeah. Some people I've heard say, oh, this piece is dead to me now because it's been rejected even once. And that is not a healthy I hate to say it's not a healthy thing, but it's just because it's rejected once doesn't mean that somebody else won't love it. Yes. Taste is subjective and everyone's going to love something else. So totally fair. I feel like in the end, it's about just try it. Don't be scared to start submitting. I was terrified of it. And now that I've submitted 12 pieces, I still, it still hurts if you get that rejection email. Mm -hmm. If it's like a piece you like, then you're like, for a moment there, you're like, oh, screw you. But it also makes you grow as a writer so much. So for that reason alone, I can only encourage everyone to try finishing stuff, try find submission calls that you love and try writing stories, even if you do not end up submitting them. And then maybe do force yourself to submit. Put yourself out there and make that first step. Back to the rejection thing. Mm. I have submitted... 98 times and 87 of those have been rejections. It's just part of the game. It's a numbers game. Thea will say it's a numbers game. And the more you get your pieces out there, the more likely you are to get published. And she also recommends doing like five submissions a month. And really that's doable. Although like you, I start out every year really strong. And then I kind of flag and then I realize, oh no, it's nearly, it's nearing the end of the year. (laughs) I haven't met my goals. (laughs) And also summertime is hard for writing and submitting. We have so many other things that we like to do, but that's okay. Just start small. Don't be afraid. Once you do this process a couple of times, it gets easier. True. And also like the whole, you can't get a job without experience. You can't get experience without a job. The same kind of holds true with submissions. Once you start getting more, then you're going to be more likely to be picked up by other places but it takes a little while. You have to find the right place before you can get your foot in the door. Yeah, absolutely. There couldn't be more perfect closing words. That summarizes neatly why you should start submitting things, why you should consider looking at submission calls, and why this whole submission game isn't as scary as it may look to you if you've never tried any of it. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you learned something. We hope you learned something. And as always, if you like this episode, please give us a thumbs up, follow us, share with your friends, whatever it is you do with your podcast and come back to our show notes for all of the links we talked about and some extra resources. I might go ahead and put my submission spreadsheet out there on our website. Mm -hmm. I've shared that with a number of people. I also have a list of like the top tier places to submit. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at creativequesters at gmail.com. And until next time, thank you guys for listening. Happy questing.